Welcome to Implement This with Microsoft Business Solutions MVP Britta Rexted and co-host Matthew C. Anderson, where we have an insider's discussion around the things we consider when implementing Dynamics 365. In today's episode, sponsored by CRMUG, Britta and I discuss the importance of documentation across any implementation of Dynamics 365. The user group for Dynamics 365 and CRM, D365UG, CRMUG, the community is powered by users for users and specializes in the delivery of member-driven education, networking, and events to help you maximize your current Microsoft Dynamics investment. Learn more at CRMUG.com. And now, on with the show. And here we are back with another episode of Implement This. Hi, Britta. How are you? Good, Matt. How are you? I'm doing really well. I have found myself at that point in uh, projects where I've been knee-deep in documentation. Do you ever do documentation? All the time. All the time? Yeah. Well, maybe I, I actually kind of have a love for it. I think... It's the whole point at the end of it. I mean, we build these beautiful systems, and if people don't use them, then our job is kind of pointless. And so I really love user training, um, kind of this love-hate relationship with writing documentation, and especially training documentation. That's extra fun for me. Well, that is definitely more over-the-top than me when it comes to documentation. I see it sometimes as a necessary evil. I mean, just making sure we can communicate what's, what's been done and how people use it. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, I'd be curious to know kind of what, what you know, as someone who's so excited about it and thinks about it in that way, you know, what are some of the things you do or how do you approach documentation when you're putting it together? It's a great question. So I've been writing documentation for a long time. And what's funny is that I had a conversation with the documentation team from Microsoft recently Mm -hmm. and totally put my foot in my mouth when I talked about the issues I was having. And it turns out that the tools that I needed already existed. Okay. Um, Which, uh, it's fine. I I can take one for the team on that one. So I want to make sure everybody knows what those tools are. Um, The first one is that I've been writing click-by-click documentation for years. And that's the, you know, when you need to teach everyone on your team how to change a view. Mm -hmm. And so every single click and you screenshot things, you step-by-step through it. And now Microsoft releases almost all of that in training and adoption kits for us. And so what that means is they give us these huge, long documents with every bit of click-by-click instruction you could need, and they just customize it. Uh, so I've looked at training and adoption kits before. They seemed pretty weak to me. So this is no, actually... They've gotten a lot better. So okay. like, there's one that's my favorite that is for just general skills of using Dynamics. So it's not ta- tailored to sales or customer service or a particular use case. Okay. It's just the functionality. And so it's 167 pages, I think, of all just step-by-step-by-step-by-step instructions. Okay. And what I love about it is it's all in Word. And so let's say you don't call your contacts contacts. Maybe your contacts are patients or constituents or something else. Members. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to the credit unions out there. Yep, exactly. So if you don't call your accounts accounts, you don't call your contacts contacts, just do a control F and, you know, find them, replace them. And um, you can easily use that documentation without having to write out each individual step. Throw out some screenshots if you want, put on your company's logo, and you're done which is amazing. The amount of time that that's going to save is just crazy to me. Got it. So you can kind of pick and choose which pieces that you want to have out of that as well then. Oh, yeah, just copy-paste. So, yeah. And what I like about that is it lets you spend your time focusing on the process. I think so much 
people focus their training on individual clicks they want users to do, and they totally miss the why. Mm -hmm. And you have to have the why, because really at the end of the day, your organization does something, that's why it exists, and you have processes that help you accomplish the something. And CRM is just a tool. Mm -hmm. And when your CRM training gets overly focused on the individual clicks, you totally miss that, and users don't get caught up in the vision. And so... What you always want to do, if you possibly can, is show the process, and then CRM is a tool, just like anything else, just like mm-hmm. sending an email or, you know, um, there's so many things that if we could just do them on Post-it notes, we would, but that <laughs> doesn't work, so we have to use a more elegant tool. Doesn't necessarily scale well or no. go across long distance as well. Or back up easily. <laughs> no. Fair enough. So the the adoption kit, is that publicly available? Is yeah. it but uh, Okay, so can we put a link in the show notes? Absolutely. Awesome. Yep, you just download it, and then there's specific tracks. So if you are using CRM for sales, there's um, a kit or there's a document specifically for that. They'll walk okay. you through how to convert a lead to an opportunity or things like that, and then you just sprinkle in your business process between the lines, throw on a logo, and you're good. Okay, so you when you were talking about it before, you said there's kind of the baseline, not specific to one of the the workloads or apps mm-hmm. that's out there. So they have sales, they have one for service, field service, project service. How about any of those others? Yes, absolutely. So you can use it for those very specific apps and then also tailor that more general documentation to your custom uses of CRM. Yeah, so the the heavy lifting is done. If you haven't done a lot of configuration of the system, it's almost ready to go. If you have, you there's just that base point to start from and you can just focus on whatever you change throughout the course of the um, implementation. Absolutely. Okay. The beauty of it is that the the actual use of the system is nearly identical across all systems. And we, we do like to think we've customized them so much, but you still add something to a subgrid the same way. Yeah, we're, so we're special. Don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what you have in your view might be unique to your organization, but the fact you use a view is not. And so it's great because you can spend your time on the right things. Okay. Do they have... Are there screenshots in the documentation? No, uh, okay. specifically no screenshots. And Wait, so it's 167 pages of, of text. just straight up text. Yes, there's occasionally a couple pictures in there, but it's okay. not heavy on the screenshots. Okay. And the reason for this is that they're doing it globally. Mm-hmm. And so if you can imagine trying to localize that documentation for Microsoft to localize it and then keep the versions current every time the UI changes a little bit. Sure. Uh, that would really slow down what we get in that offering. And so they can give us a lot more if it doesn't have the screenshots, and Mm -hmm. then it's a lot easier for them to localize if it's just text, which is why you might want to sprinkle in your own screenshots from your organization. Yeah. And users like it better if they look at it and they recognize what they're looking at. So like, if you use themes and you have unique colors, make sure you've got some screenshots that have your unique way that your system looks. Yeah. Oh, and that's... that's Great, too, because it's not immediately going to be out of date, like yeah. so many times when screenshots are in there. Absolutely. <laughs> it feels like every time I do a blog post, I feel bad because there's an update, and now it looks like it's for, from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, with writing classes, they almost always start with starting a free trial for me, and I feel like every time I teach the class, I have to go back and rewrite the document on how you get a trial because all the screenshots have changed. Right, right. Um, So I think it's important as you're focusing on what documentation to do that Mm -hmm. you really know your audience. Okay. So when Microsoft does this, they think about it as personas. What's cool is they actually have named personas that they write different things for. Mm -hmm. So the teams will use that person's name that they've named the persona after in conversation and they look at how it applies to different things. So how I did that is I would think of a specific person I had to teach. 
um, it was like my mom or my aunt or somebody mm-hmm. who I knew knew nothing about what it is I do and make sure I didn't step, miss any steps for them. Mm-hmm. And then what I also like to do is like to send somebody who knows as little as possible through the documentation and have them go through everything because okay. they won't be able to cheat it. So if I skipped a step because I just know in my head that that's what you do, someone who's really, really new editing my documentation is going to get stuck there and they'll let me know. So are you having this person actually go through with the system or just look at the documentation? Go through with the system. Okay. So they can get all the way from one end to the other and get everything done that's outlined. Okay. Okay. So that, that probably takes them a while, especially if they're not familiar then. So you have to maybe uh, beg with a, with a meal or something? <laughs> well, um, so I, I don't have the person who I had in mind necessarily be the one to test. I had don't make my mom go through okay. all my documentation. <laughs> um, that would be great. But I do take a user who has to do the training anyway. Got it. Okay. Or someone who cares about the outcome. Okay. Have them go through it. I just, I would rather have, in most cases, I'd rather have a beginner user than a power user. Because sure. a power user might have the same... Uh, ways they can cheat it that I do. Yeah, I love... they know how to fill in those gaps, even if it's not necessarily written on the yeah, page. Yeah, absolutely. Did you ever watch the TV show Zoom on PBS? I did not watch that. Okay. At least I don't recall. Well, I didn't have cable growing up, and I barely had TV, but I did watch Zoom. And um, it was this kid's show where they played games and whatever. And my favorite episode I ever saw, they um, would have someone stand, one of the kids would stand back behind the line, and explain to the other kid how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But they had to tell them every single step. So if they didn't <laughs> tell them to take the jar off the peanut butter, they shoved the knife through the top of the peanut butter. <laughs> and so it's very funny because they can't see the consequences of their bad instructions, but you can watch it. It was very good TV. But I always come back to that when I'm writing documentation and automation, too, because there's just steps you forget. You need to make sure someone says, um, Britta, make sure you take the jar off the peanut butter. Because you just don't think about those kinds of things. You want to make sure someone who who would hit that road bump actually looks at your documentation before you consider it to be done. Okay. Okay. That That's something definitely good to keep in mind, best practice. Uh, anything else around just writing good documentation in general? Um, I always make sure, and this is training, in which I include documentation and training, okay. is making sure you're really clear what the requirements are and then what the shiny features are that are optional. Because if you don't point out what's optional, then everything's optional. Mm-hmm. So... As fun as it is to teach them all of the cool little party tricks and the fun productivity things I know you and I get excited about. Sure. If you bury them in all that stuff and nothing is required or nothing is specified as optional, it's just all optional. Okay. So I try to really focus on the process and make sure that they know that that is how you have to do it every Mm -hmm. single time. Oh, and by the way, here's a fun little email about if you want to use recently viewed items or something else. Just so they know the difference. Um, Otherwise... Uh, they just skip so much of it and they just pick and choose. We don't want them to pick and choose what required things they do. Certainly. Yeah. Got it. Great. So I guess taking, taking a sidestep or a step back or whatever kind of step this is, you know, you've talked a little about documentation and lumping documentation in with training. I mean, so certainly training docs are something that are, uh, familiar to anybody, whether you're an end user or whether you're more an admin type power mm-hmm. user, you've, you've at least seen training docu- documents, but documentation in working with dynamic can mean a lot of different things. So what other, what other kinds of documentation um, should people be thinking about considering as they're, uh, you know, kind of working toward getting their system ready to promote to users? 
It's really important to focus on who your audience is and mm-hmm. keep the document as short as possible for that audience, for that thing that they need it for. Mm-hmm. So, like, I love quick sheets. Okay. I think you should have a lot of things that are documented in under three pages in a um, fun-to-look-at PDF that you can email to people. It saves you the frustration of answering the same question via email 17 times. Mm-hmm. Is if you have that little quick page, it's easy for people to print off, easy for them to make notes on. Uh, don't give them the entire user guide for the whole system. Give yeah. them how to track an email. Short, sweet, to the point. Um, and then from there, I also like to companion those with process overviews because, okay. once again, it's about the process. And so I want them to know even the pieces that don't come into the system, just how that business process works end-to-end, and then just use references to direct them to the specific little job aids that mm. teach them how to do each step. Yeah, I, I wish I saw that more when I'm kind of going in and seeing somebody's system for the first time because so often people don't have an understanding or an appreciation for why they're doing the thing that they're doing mm-hmm. in the system. But when you have that bigger picture, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, and you know why you need to. It's easier for you to address user adoption mm-hmm. issues because it's not about whether or not they choose to use this optional CRM that you built them. It's a business process, and in really good user adoption, user adoption is an HR issue, not a CRM issue, because they, they need it to do their job. But in order to make that possible, you have to make sure the business process is really clearly baked in and documented, and that is how leadership is positioning it, mm-hmm. that this is the process, and to do your job, you have to do the process, and then here's a tool to get that process done. Great. A couple other ones that I do, and I like to keep these really separate, because documentation should be as short as possible. Mm -hmm. I do like to do a power user documentation that's separate from general user, and that's where I put in the nuance. Because we always know 80-20 rule, there's always things that don't always fit in the process. And a power user can understand the difference there. They might do a little bit of basic troubleshooting. Um, They want to know a little more of uh, the back end of things. But I want that to be separate from user documentation because you'll totally overwhelm your end user if you put that in there. And then um, change logs are always a really good idea. And yes. um, and then I think you just want to partner your documentation well so it supports user accountability. Mm-hmm. Okay. So can I tell you my favorite process when I used to do small business training? I think we have time to squeeze that in. Okay. <laughs> Luckily, I talk fast. Um, <laughs> so what I would do after years of frustration doing end user training. So this is for small to mid-size where you actually have the resources to meet with each person on things that you need to train them on. And so what I would do is I would send them the content ahead of time. I'd send them the video. I'd send them the user group webinar, whatever it is I wanted them, the skill I wanted them to learn. I would send them everything they needed before they met with me because then I'm not spending my time training. I'm spending my time asking questions with the expectation that they would learn it ahead of time. And then I'd sit down, meet with them, answer any questions, clear up any confusion, and then have them demonstrate the skill. And if they couldn't, I'd do some coaching, come back a week later, demonstrate the skill again. Okay. And then we'd both sign off that they now knew how to do the thing. And then I'd very quickly turn around and email their boss, letting their boss know they knew how to do the thing. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes their boss's problem because their boss will start asking (laughs) them for things like, no, 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 according to Britta, you totally know how to mail merge now. Um, So it's a little sneaky. Uh, It doesn't work in like huge, huge training where you have to have a room full of 50 people, but kind of fun um, using your content well instead of just spending all your time teaching the same tactics over and over and over again. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I I know that... I mean, not just not just in training, but a lot of times somebody doesn't realize unless it's kind of called out like that. The fact that they've been through it and kind of understand it to some degree more than the average person that makes them more of an expert. 
mm-hmm. on something like that. And they can actually be a resource. And when their boss comes to them and wants help with it, it's going to reinforce and actually make them know and understand it better because they're then having to teach it themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. I always learn things better that way. The, the hard thing to learn, it helps so much once you do, is that as a system admin, they don't actually care what you think about them. They might like you as a coworker, and you might be friends, and you might go to lunch, but they don't actually care what you think. They really, really care what their boss thinks, and they want to look good <laughs> their boss. So whenever you can, position the business process from their boss, make sure their boss knows what they're capable of, brag to their boss about them, make them look good, set them up to win, and then get out of the way. All right. Well, I can see why you'd get all excited about documentation plus some training in there, too. I do. I love it. Lots of fun. <laughs> all right. Any other, any other final thoughts before we sign off? Nope, I think we're good for now. All right, until the next time, take care, Britta. You too. You've been listening to Implement This with Britta Rexted and Matthew C. Anderson. Do you have a business problem you'd like us to discuss on the show? Reach us through our website, implementthis.org, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. We're on Twitter too. Britta is at MacGyverCRM, and I'm at MC Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, my name is Mark Smith, and I host the Dynamics 365 Practice podcast on CRM Audio. Please join me as I interview the best of the best on the business of running a Dynamics 365 practice or project, or glean advice on how to advance your Dynamics 365 career. If you believe you're one of the best, contact me now on social media to come on the show at NZ365Guy.